0: I just made a neurology appointment for my husband since he has Alzheimer's. That got me to thinking. What about us? Are chronic kidney disease patients also in need of a neurologist? It may seem an odd question to you, but we are already aware of brain fog caused by CKD. That's neurological. What else should we know about? Wait, I'm rushing again. How about a reminder of what brain fog is? Health Central was helpful here. Photo by Shvetz Production on Pexels.com People with kidney disease sometimes describe themselves as feeling like they have brain fog, a nice-ish way of saying they are muddled in their thinking, have trouble concentrating, and keep forgetting things. These symptoms can have several kidney disease-related causes. For one, low iron levels can lead to cognitive problems or dizziness because you have fewer red blood cells transporting oxygen to your brain. Confusion may also be a result of high toxin levels in your brain. Elevated protein levels, a hallmark of CKD, can affect brain function as well. I've written about brain fog before, and it seems to be accepted by the CKD community. But what else is there that we don't know in regard to our neurological health when we have CKD? Very Well Health has quite a bit of information about neuropathy and CKD. Neuropathy is nerve damage that causes tingling, numbness, pain, and other abnormal nerve sensations in the peripheral nerves, i.e., those of the arms and legs. It can occur for several reasons, Uremic neuropathy is a type that affects patients with advanced kidney disease or end-stage kidney disease patients who are on dialysis. Unfortunately, neuropathy is very common in those with kidney disease. It may be related to nutrient imbalances, aspects of dialysis, or common overlapping conditions. The nerve damage may be permanent and get worse over time. People with advanced kidney disease or those on dialysis have a higher risk for uremic neuropathy. The reasons for this are unclear, but it could be that Nerves tend to degenerate in kidney failure. Deficiencies of essential nutrients like thiamine, vitamin B1, or an excessive zinc might contribute. Other diseases common in dialysis patients, like hyperparathyroidism, may be to blame. Certain kinds of neuropathy, like carpal tunnel syndrome, seem to occur more frequently in the arm with dialysis access. A drop in blood supply to the nerves in the hand might be a contributing factor. An increase in pressure due to dialysis access can lead to excess fluid or blood in the surrounding tissues, which might compress a nerve. High phosphorus levels may cause calcium phosphate deposits to form, which could contribute to neuropathy. With objective testing, more than half of dialysis patients could have signs of a nerve problem. Those who don't get the minimum prescribed amount of dialysis have a higher risk of developing neuropathy. However, not everyone with neuropathy and kidney disease is on dialysis. Now, we know that I developed neuropathy from having chemotherapy and others have developed neuropathy via their diabetes. Did you know about CKD neuropathy? I must admit that I didn't. I feel compelled to take a moment to remind you that not every CKD patient ends up with these neurological effects and, should they develop one, it can be in varying degrees. For example, my neuropathy is not painful, nor does it curtail my activities, but it is evident. My buddy with neuropathy says she's barely aware of hers. I was sorry to discover that stroke may be one of the neurological side effects of CKD. AHA Journal printed an abstract on June 3 of this year which explains the whys and wherefores of stroke if you have CKD. The global health burden of chronic kidney disease is rapidly rising, and chronic kidney disease is an important risk factor for cerebrovascular disease. Proposed underlying mechanisms for this relationship include shared traditional risk factors such as hypertension and diabetes, uremia-related non-traditional risk factors, such as oxidative stress and abnormal calcium-phosphorus metabolism, and dialysis-specific factors such as cerebral hypoperfusion and changes in cardiac structure. Chronic kidney disease frequently complicates routine stroke risk prediction, diagnosis, management, and prevention. It is also associated with worse stroke severity, outcomes and a high burden of silent cerebrovascular disease, and vascular cognitive impairment. I was wondering what else I hadn't even thought of until I started researching the neurological aspects of CKD. I found this information on Medscape. Urenic encephalopathy is an organic brain disorder. It develops in patients with acute or chronic renal failure, usually when the estimated glomerular filtration rate, ECFER, falls and remains below 15 milliliters per minute. Manifestations of this syndrome vary from mild symptoms, e.g., lassitude, fatigue, to severe signs, e.g., seizures, coma. Severity and progression depend on the rate of decline in renal function. Thus, symptoms are usually worse in patients with acute kidney injury. Prompt identification of uremia as the cause of encephalopathy is essential because symptoms are readily reversible following initiation of dialysis. Again, not every CKD patient will develop this nor will all those that do have severe symptoms. The idea of the blog is to educate, not scare. Some of us are in a fragile mindset just from being diagnosed. I've been diagnosed for over 13 years and was unaware of everything I wrote about today with the exception of brain fog and neuropathy. One more before we end. The incidence of uremic seizures with kidney failure is 10%. These seizures are often non-convulsive and may mimic uremic encephalopathy. Recognition and management of such situations may be challenging for treating physicians who are non-neurologists, according to PubMed. Be aware that means approximately equal to. Another way to look at this is that 90% of kidney failure patients don't develop uremic seizures. While these CKD side effects are considered common, they don't seem to be discussed very much. I know my nephrologist has only discussed the first two with me. I speak with CKD patients all the time and none of them has ever mentioned the others, either. Is it possible that these are not as common as researchers think they are? Keep in mind that I'm not a doctor nor a professional researcher and this is simply my opinion. Until next week. Keep living your life.